to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the Forbes Factor, which is my absolute favorite hour of the week right here in Voice America. And, you know, one of the things, one of the games we play is where in the world is Forbes Riley? Well, today I am in my beautiful, cozy home, but I'm getting ready to get on a plane all month long. And I'm heading off to Salt Lake and Phoenix and Charlotte and Vegas and LA. Who knows? Like That's the cool thing about being a speaker. So I'm very, very excited about this. I have a very special show. I've invited three very close friends on to participate and just just share thoughts, feelings. They are successful in their own right. And I think you're going to absolutely love meeting them. I don't normally do this, but because we're so packed, I'm going to jump right in and I'm going to introduce you to a very dear friend, an old friend of mine. Not that he's that old, but you know what I mean. Um, I, I think it was a mutual friend who introduced us. Kind of an anomaly when you meet him. He, his name is an anomaly. Hi, my name is Buck. Like Buck Parker. It sounds like it's out of a, of a movie. And I'm going to bring him right on the stage. So, Buck, why don't you come up here and join me? That's a, kind of a funny intro. Uh, because when I first met you, not only trauma surgeon, uh, top of his class, phenomenal skier. And then he goes and he stars on a TV series called The Island. And I just, I've been a fan and a friend. How long do you think it's been? Uh, 10 plus years, yeah. Yeah, isn't that funny? Do we, have, we owe this to... John Maple. There you go. The one and only phenomenal <laughs> photographer. He just said, you guys need to meet. I remember our first meeting. It was like, wow, I just adore this guy. Just the energy and who you are. Thanks. What do you think, what do you think makes you so special? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know if I've got that question very much, but I, I just, I think I am maybe curious um, and I just love everything and I, I love life and I, I look at it um, as a gift. You know, and like every day, that's how it feels like, wow, th this is an amazing thing that we get to experience. And then everything in life is also so unique and amazing. And so I don't know, that's, that's how I look at it. Well, no, and I know we've spent a lot of time talking. You, I need to explain to the audience, and you really need to dive deep a little bit, but you're a, you're a trauma surgeon. You're not a typical surgeon like you. You know, you book an appointment for a knee, and, you know, we'll do that three weeks. Yeah. You're standing in the ER. People are coming to you in the direst of situations. And I know that you are this calm among the storm. First of all, did you want to be doing this? Um, I think that, you know, when I went to the med school or decided to go, I want to go to med school, I didn't necessarily de decide I wanted to be in trauma surgery, but I did want to want to go into surgery. Um, uh, that that was clear, like, when I was like 17 or so, I, I think I saw a documentary on some surgeons and I, I, I can't remember which what kind of surgeon they were, but I, I was like, man, these guys are the coolest thing I've ever seen. And, you know, I want to do this. So, uh, but along the way in, in med school and residency, you kind of sort out what you're going to do. And I was just drawn to that emergency sort of stuff because, you know, I, as a kid, I wanted to be like Superman, right. You want to jump in and save everybody and, and do all this stuff. And I, I was always like sort of an adrenaline junkie. And, and so all those things fit together to do, you know, basically emergency and trauma surgery. So, you know, it's really because in college or in high school, I was the top of my class and you had two choices back in those days, doctor, lawyer. I'm like, I don't like blood lawyer. And it was really that simple. <laughs> Does it not bother you? Like I, I actually think about the idea of physically cutting into somebody and I was like, 
Oh, even the frog thing made me nuts. You- <laughs> yeah. It never, uh, when I was younger, my dad was, uh, into hunting. And so he'd take me hunting and then you have to, uh, field dress the animal. And so I like sort of learned really young and that's sort of what also sparked my interest is seeing all the organs and, and things, trying to figure out what, what the stuff was. But, um, so I was really never, um, grossed out by that stuff, but I will say that, you know, you know, when you start residency or med school and you're, you're starting to do those things and pierce the skin and, um, make an incision, first incision. It's a little bit weird at first. I think for most people. Oh, wait, we just lost you. You, you know oh, what? You, you, I, you, I'm, you, I'm, myself. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. For uh, most people, yeah. what? <laughs> Don't, uh, like I, we, I know um, a, a trauma surgeon who her first uh, surgery as a med student, she passed out, right? And it was just, you know, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Nobody really gets to see that. So you have different reactions and, and that's okay. Um, but she came via, you know, uh, became a trauma surgeon after that. So sure. Well, I first, you know, they say, thank you for your service for, uh, for people who serve in the service in the service. Thank you. Uh, you know, for all the surgeons that are willing to do, I think what I would never be able to do. Although I do think it's fascinating to see how everything inside works. I think it's a bit beyond my scope. So yeah, it definitely takes, takes a special person. Now, okay, so and we have such a limited time with you today. Yeah. You you got cast on the TV series The Island. I remember this. I was like, oh my gosh, you go. Yeah. Where they threw you all of you on an island and you needed to survive, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. You did really well on this. I watched you. Uh, I mean, it wasn't, it's not easy. I thought it was gonna be easy. I thought they don't really make you starve on these TV shows. Come on. And then and then sure enough, we starved to death. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we averaged, I would guess about 100 to 200 calories a day for like 30 days on that, just cause you're trying, you know, you're gathering things. Of course, you're trying to fish, you're trying to catch animals and trying to eat coconuts and all this other stuff, but really you don't do a lot. And I think we ate real meals probably like twice during that month. We had, we actually had a pig one, like 12 days in, and then a caiman, uh, one of the last days. So those were the only real uh, meals and the other days we're eating, you know, kind of like muscle type of things. Well, we watched a lot of people fall apart on that show. What was what big lesson, big takeaway from that for you? The big takeaway uh, from that program or that whole experience was that uh, humans are so adaptable. Like by the, you know, when we started, we had no idea what we were doing. And by the end, we were, we're like living on an island, like having a routine and and sleeping in our little cots or whatever we made. And so I think it, it's just a, such a stark contrast between the person that you started out to be there and your knowledge and what you could do. And and th- only 30 days later, like you're completely adapted to this like island lifestyle that, you know, I mean, the, the, if you go too long eating hundred calories a day, that's not going to work. But uh, besides that, we, we kind of figured everything else out. Yeah, it was actually very much fun to watch. Is that still streamable somewhere that people could watch you do yeah, this? Yeah, it's, it's on Amazon still. Uh-huh. All right, it's called The Island, and it's just definitely yeah. worth watching because like any of those shows, all that you went through, and I, what is fun, I obviously know you, but it was that you're calm, you're, you know, a lot of other people are freaking out, and I'm like, the trauma surgeon brain kicked in going, I can handle some pretty crazy stuff, yes? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, in real trauma surgery, we have gunshot wounds and stabbings and things like that, people dying. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And so when you sort of meet all the other, or you you see other sort of emergencies, they're not quite as scary as, as when somebody's dying in front of you. You 
during COVID had a shift where you went from being this top-notch trauma surgeon to entrepreneurship. Do you want to yeah. share as little or as much as you want to? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I built up a, a social media uh, presence and uh, YouTube and Instagram, try to teach kids what it's like to be a doctor, how, you know, what I, what I thought about when I was in medical, medical school, how I made decisions, things like that. And that was awesome. And I loved um, just interacting with that audience. And, you know, during COVID, in the beginning, nobody knew what was going on. And so I, the, the, the number one thing I promote on that, on my YouTube and, and Instagram was just like, think for yourself, if you're going to be a physician, because those old kids were like, hey, how do I, what's the most important thing if I'm going to be a doctor? It's like, well, you have to have the confidence uh, to think for yourself and raise your hand in front of a thousand people and say, I, I think this is wrong. I think all you guys are wrong. Because you know the, the your patients need that, right? If 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 everybody else is wrong and you just go along with it, patient dies. Like that's a problem. So you have to be able to think for yourself. And so during that time in COVID, I was just thinking for myself and thinking like these things don't make sense. Which some of those things that I said um, were you know I was incorrect, but some of them I was I was correct, um, and I ended up getting fired for that. So um, that was a really interesting thing. I was. Uh, during COVID, I was just really disappointed in the healthcare system and a lot of physicians in general, because I, I thought that they were more uh, self thinkers, you know, I, I thought that they would think for themselves a lot more than they did a lot, a lot of them did. So, um, and certainly some, some of them did and, and all that, but I was disappointed and dis disenchanted, I guess, with uh, medicine, but I, I was, um, I was already already had a other business. I had done a few other business like e-commerce businesses, multi a million dollar e-commerce businesses in the past. Um, and that at that time, I started mining Bitcoin. I, I got interested in blockchain and Bitcoin a few years prior to that, and started doing that. And I was doing so well. When they fired me, I, I was making more doing that than I was as as a surgeon. And so I thought. Well, maybe this is my chance to take a little break and see how you know the outside life is and. You know, three months turned to six months and turned to a year, and now it's been like three years, and I haven't haven't gone back yet. So it's, we're, I just keep going um, uh, down the road of blockchain right now. So it's it's been really fun. Well, I want to bring to the stage a, a dear friend of mine who is also a holistic RN, and I thought it'd be fun for you guys to meet and have a little dialogue conversation. Sure. I can bring to the stage Miss Faye now. Faye, Faye, come on up here. So what have you, th so introduce, nice to say hi to Mr. Buck Parker. Faye, what do you think of what you've been listening to? I think uh, it's kind of interesting. We both know you to be very intuitive, Forbes, and you lined us up perfectly because, um, you know, having the courage to say, I think the system might be wrong and you have to think for yourself is a recurring theme in my life as well. So holistic RN, what does that mean versus regular RN for you? Um, I, when I was in nursing school, the first semester, I, I realized we were going to talk about diseases for four years. And I thought, oh, not what I signed on for. I thought I was going to learn about healing. And that, that wasn't in the curriculum. So I made my own curriculum. I passed the boards for the medical system, but... I also took on teachers and gurus that taught me about energy medicine and healing and 
you know, how you set the stage for someone to truly have deep quality of life. And that's been my gig for 45 years. So now as a trauma surgeon, that's not quite the the role. Your goal is to fix things quickly, but, but how do you feel about that in terms of, is there something that both of you would change in our medical training? I mean, I, you know, what she's doing is fantastic. She's thinking for herself. She, she liked some of it, didn't like some of it, decided to find her own answers. That's, that's all anybody can hope for in a, in a healthcare provider, I think. Um, but do, do they teach you that there's, you know, I just, I remember, I, I, this is me personally, I, my big experience with hospitals and doctors, my dad was in the hospital for three years in high school. So I spent a lot of time hanging out with doctors and nurses and, and people who were coming and going. And then also in my college was real big medicine, medical school. And I watched residencies and 72 hour things. And, and I, it's like, maybe this is why people don't have bedside matter when they graduate. Cause they're kind of pissed off. They had to work so hard. <laughs> yes. That, that's exactly why they're, they're not uh, so nice sometimes. Yeah. Well, and you also have a big bill at the end of it that you need to you know pay back. Yeah. So, Ken, yeah. I think, I think um, in training, maybe a more, more breadth of, of the entire world for, Let's, you know, take my training is just in the U.S. Um, so I think maybe ex- exposure to the entire world and or history of medicine would be a little bit better to open our eyes a little bit more. Um, it's it's so big, though, right? It's so vast. Like, there's so much information, and in every day there's more information. So it's very tough to say, well, we got to get more information in these kids. Um, but maybe a little bit of exposure just to open their eyes, I think. Faye, what is your experience in the doctor-nurse relationship? Uh, it depends on the, the doctors you're talking about. I, I taught a lot of, when I taught nursing, um, I was in the hospital teaching clinical skills and I was working with surgeons most of the time, which tend to be little crankier, no offense, Buck. Oh, but, yeah. um, they <laughs> sometimes can be tough to live with. But, you know, I could give them wide berth and respect them. Their expertise is incredible. And that deserves respect. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird setup that nurses look at patients one way, and doctors look at them another way. And I had this reiterated to me recently when I was in the hospital as a patient that, um, you know, the doctors were coming on one way and then the nurses were coming in saying, hold, hold that thought because if you want quality of life, then you need to, um, be strong here and, and choose what you want for your life, not what they're recommending always. And I think that's hard for people who are in the bed, depending on on the doctors to give them the facts when nurses are giving them a different perspective. <laughs> well, so we have three minutes for our first break. You know, Doug, Buck, that brings up an interesting question. When you when you see something in a patient, how much ver- of what's happening in your mind versus what they could do with their own minds in terms of survival or health or recovery. How important is it to be both? Yeah. I mean, the attitude of the patient is really, really determines a lot of their outcome and quality. 
of life, uh, whether you have, you know, a diagnosis that's like, oh, okay, you have six months to live, or it's just like, okay, you have a chronic disease. It doesn't matter. Like the, the I've seen patients that uh, don't have a positive attitude about it. And then those who do, and they're completely two different patients with the same diagnoses, you know. Faye, your thoughts on that? I think that is very true. I see it as well. And um, nurses just deal with that differently. We get into much more of the, you know, family dynamics and who's your support network, who's your, who are your wing people, who do you need to call in in this situation, whereas doctors really don't have the time to do that. They're in for a few minutes and and out, so we kind of give them more background it's a collaborative thing for sure when it works. Oh, I absolutely. Guys, we have one minute to, to, to the first break. Buck, a, a thought for somebody who is facing something, whatever it might be, what would you say to those people? Um, yeah, if you, I think that it's just, you do, do it's, it's hard to keep a positive. Everyone's like, Oh, keep a positive mindset. Yeah. But when bad stuff has happened, it's really tough. That's, that's when the toughest time is. But I think that to just um, make sure you don't um, almost like dispose of the days that you have, right? And try to live, I would try to live as best you can every day. You just don't, because sometimes you don't know how these diagnoses go. Like some people do very well, then all of a sudden they fall off a cliff and they have a tough time. And But I think thinking about it too much like what's going to happen may ruin the time that you have. And so that's, I think that's what I would think. That's really profound because the truth is we all have no idea how much time we have. My dear Joshua lost two dads, both to car accidents. So the truth is every time that you're with somebody, that is the most important moment. However, I have a moment we have to go say hi to our sponsors. So we're going to take a quick break for a sponsorship. Please don't go away. You're listening to the Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. And right now having these two very special people in my room is making me incredibly happy. Don't go away. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you hate going to the gym but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now, back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. You know, I'm a big believer that the wind will take you where it's supposed to take you, whatever that means. I don't think everything happens for a reason. I think things happen, you find the reason. Uh, I had a guest cancel, and I was going through my phone, and the two beautiful people who you see on the screen popped up, and I thought, this is right. Dr. Buck Parker is a trauma surgeon turned massive entrepreneur, dear friend, and a part-time television star. You can see him on a TV series called The Island. For 30 days, you ought to watch how he and these guys survive something I do not want to have to deal with. Thank you. I'm an urban New York City girl. If the Starbucks is not open, I don't know what to do with my day. <laughs> uh, and, then <there's, laughs> and then there's Faye Brunel, who has been a, a beautiful student, friend, and an inspiration on so many levels uh, as I started my coaching company and watching this woman just tackle um, her fears of whatever that would be in terms of being extraordinarily successful. And I've watched her become so much more than that. So, guys, welcome back to the program. Now, when we took a little break, Faye was going to share something with us. I'm going to give you the stage. Okay. So, I was I was bringing Buck up to date on my um, my most recent history. Is I was admitted to the hospital with um, low blood levels um, of the cells that I really needed to stay alive. And on the 5th of January was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. Um, Turns out I have this rare genetic mutation that allows my white blood cells to leave my bone marrow um, not quite mature. And so they're not really functioning for me. I'm immune suppressed and um, my treatment that I am choosing is to be at home, enjoy life for however long I have it, and I'm predicting it's another 30 years, um, choosing natural treatments and hiking a mile a day. And so you just said that your doctors are pretty much astounded because this, I think, one of the, first of all, Faith, thank you for having the courage to say what's going on in your life. I think so many people will be quiet about that. I, I, I'm referring to my little dog. I had the most beautiful little cocker spaniel. And one day she was running in the backyard. We were doing some construction. She cut open her stomach on a rebar. And I couldn't find her. Couldn't find her. It turns out she was under my bed. And I think she'd gone over there to die. Like she just knew she needed to be quiet, lay down and go, I'm out of here. It's not working. And I found her, scooped her up, put her all the insides back in and stitched her up. And she lived another 20 years. So she was fine. Um, but sometimes we do that. We withdraw thinking that, oh, woe is me. And part of having Buck here, too, is just this amazing positive attitude. He didn't even know you were coming on the show. And his first instinct to talk about as a doctor was to live every day to his fullest. So there's a beautiful irony. So when you hear Faye say that, Buck, what are you thinking? Yeah, sorry to hear that. Um, but but I, you know, I think my comments are the same, right? Um, you definitely don't want to give up the life that you have. However many days that, that is, you want to enjoy what you have. Um, enjoy the people, you know, that are in your life. I think that's most most important and i i think it um we always talk about having you know thinking positively but 
I the the one thing that we see is, and you've probably seen this too, is that your social circle is really, you know, your lifeline. So make sure you you you're not isolating yourself. I think a lot of people try to isolate themselves and don't want to talk about it or and I get totally get that too. Um, but yeah, I think make sure you have a robust social circle and uh you just have a good time and laugh and hang out with your friends and your family. And ironically, as I said earlier, you know, um my beautiful man in my life lost two dads to car accidents. And so you do not know this is for everybody listening, you have no idea how much time you have. That's so when somebody says you have X amount of time, it, it's an interesting conversation. Buck, have you said that to people that they have X amount of time or do you not say that? Yeah, no, we, it's a really hard conversation because, you know, we have, we have data and we have books and we have research papers and we can have an idea of what the average quote unquote person has with this diagnosis. But, um, you know, there's a cardiothoracic surgeon that I trained under, and he'd always say, you know, if it with in regards to complications we were talking about, and he'd say, well, you can tell people that you know this complication, this surgery is is two percent or five percent or whatever it is, but if they get it, it's a hundred percent for them, right? So does it, you know, like <laughs> it sort of makes sense to tell them, yeah, it's a low risk, but it it still happens to somebody, and that person, it's a hundred percent, and so I think. The same thing with these. It's like, yeah, okay, this is the data, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you fall into any of the, you know, you may fall into this side or that side. And most people fall in here, but there's still people over here. And so I, there's no reason to not think you, sh- you shouldn't be living much longer than the average. So, And that's what I get from Faye. And that's why I'm so excited and, and so enamored with her energy and her attitude because she's deciding that not only am I going to take this on my own way, but to just live a healthier life. And so one of the things that's important just to talk about, because most people don't think about this. I watch how people eat. It's the most disgusting thing in the world. Between what, the, what you don't know is killing you. Uh, between fried and processed and all these crazy things. So Faye, talk to me about what you put in your body and how the holistic path that you've always been on. By the way, how old are you, my girl? Because you look, I know you look 20 years younger than you are. I, um, because I have the blood of a 20 year old, that's why I look younger. Um, I have, I have my trade secrets here and, but, um, I, I'm 72, uh, and I, I feel like, you know, I, I had, I had a car accident 12 years ago that left me in eight years of pain someone offered a supplement to me that gave me back my life. And for three and a half years, I've had nothing but health. And I've always eaten organic. I'm a paleo gal. And I think everybody's body runs on a different kind of fuel. And I have a very close relationship with my body. And it tells me when I go off the rails. So, yeah. So, Buck, talk to me from a doctor because the rumor is you guys only have like four hours of nutrition in the however many years you go to school. How important is what you eat? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, it is important, but it's not everything. I think you know, I think uh, if you can pick your genetics, it's 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 easier. But um, you know, there's certain things obviously that that are genetic you're genetically predisposed to uh, certain problems and other things that that sort of are affected or you would develop if you were not eating 
optimally. Let's put it that way. So I, I think, um, you know, pe some people say eating is, you know, if the food is everything and other people say it's genetics is everything. I think it's somewhere in between. Okay. And so then talk to me about supplements. I have been a supplement person my whole life. I hung out with Jack LaLanne who said he eats, had had one supplement for every year he was alive. By the time he was 96, it was like every day was like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And so, but I never know. And then you hear good supplements, bad supplements. What's your take on the concept of supplementing? Uh, it's so hard. I haven't do dove into supplementation, uh, like the research of supplementation, but here's the, you know, my, my mother is into supplements as well. And she's kind of always asked me this and that. And, and I'll tell you the, I'll tell you what doctors usually say is they're like, Oh no, it's, it's no good because there's no research, right? Oh, we don't, we don't have a good, we don't have good data supporting that this actually does something. And I think that's, uh, we kind of get like a bad rap for saying that because probably a lot of these things do do something, but they may not have a research paper or uh, a study designed in a way that we like, right? Uh, so it's very difficult to, for, for me, to, to look at some supplements and say, this is fine, even though we don't have, I don't understand how this was tested or I don't understand or the way that we would test something. It wasn't done in that manner. Now that doesn't, so I think that this is where think for yourself comes in because you have to say, do I know everything about research and studying supplements? Probably not. So if somebody else is doing something and they're claiming this, that they could be right. I just don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me too. As a medical, I would not have gone with this line unless they had 32 peer reviewed. That got my attention. Um, and I, I feel it's validated in my body. Was well, that? and that's what's interesting. You know, we always, as the pitch expert over here, sometimes it is about what works for you and telling your story yeah. and who that aligns with. It's hard, you know, for physicians, it also, you don't want to recommend something that number one, doesn't work. And number two, costs the patient a lot of money and then they don't get anything out of it. And so sure. for, for us to be able to say, we recommend this treatment, then we have to have studies in research that's done in a way that I understand. And I can, I can conclude well, say like, okay, you're not going to waste your money on this. But also I just got to say, isn't it a doc? Is it the medicals professions concept? I know this goes antithetical, but if they're not sick people, we can't make them healthy. You kind of need now. How do you, how do you feel about that? Statement? Well, yeah. I mean, I think we do have like a sick care, but not a health care <laughs> right now. Right. Like we're just, we're just treating mostly problems. And, and there's not a lot, I mean, there is an industry obviously to, to help people be healthier, but it's not healthcare. Ooh, that's a, that's a pretty powerful quote. There's an industry to get you healthy, but it's not healthcare. Hey, how does that show up for you? Um, I think that's such a great opportunity for me to be an entrepreneur here because that's what I'm talking about. I get a lot of people whose doctors say there's nothing else we can do. I get really excited by that statement because <laughs> there's lots we can do. And let's just open the doors and look at some of the magic that the universe gives us. 
Well, I just love that. So, but I, you know, and then I, I want to move on from this. If you had to offer a piece of advice for people from mental to health, Faye, what would you say to somebody? Um, well, I have this, this coach that I really believe in wholeheartedly. And she told me that there are no rules that we are making this up as we go. And you, I'm going to murder your words here, but you dream it. You but she is referring, she is referring to me by the way, which like is making me just smile and delight with freaking I joy. Know. I, when I was in the, um, oncology unit, I heard Forbes saying there are no rules. And when I reached out to my friends and said, how do I survive this um, from a two-time and a three-time survivor? And my friend said, the doctors are giving you the gift of, of their diagnosis and their prognosis and their suggestions, but healing is the gift you give yourself. And that's what I'm going on. I'm just like, making that work for me personally. And I think everyone has to do that. And the reason that I brought you on the program today, and I appreciate you showing up, is that I want everyone to hear that message. You know, doc, uh, so Buck, Buck can theorize as a doctor all he wants, or you can talk to a patient who's creating miracles in her body and go, I'm going to be your cheerleader and enjoy and do all of this. Because the other thing it just inspires us is if you don't know when your last day is, why are you wasting the ones that you have? Although I is a caveat to that. Uh, if somebody said you had only one day to live, I often been said that I would run around naked, have oodles of sex and haagen ice cream, vanilla. Um, but so I don't ever pretend it's my last day. That would be so weird. Buck, it's your last day on the planet. What are you doing? Oh, um, I don't Come know. On. What you said sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Faye, we're going to get naked and eat Haagen-Dazs ice cream and drip chocolate on each other. It's good. <clears throat> so, Buck, in, in response to that, is, is there a way in the medical world, do you think, will it ever change or is it just going to go down this rabbit hole of hospitals that are privately funded and it's about money, it's a business, it's drug pharma? What do you think is, what are we looking at here? Oh, uh, um, I, I don't know. I, I, well, actually... So one of the things that we've been working on recently, uh, the last six or eight months, is is trying to bring in AI into healthcare and to to augment um, physicians and and nurse practitioners and nurses' decisions and help them, you know, have somebody. So sometimes you're in a rural community and you don't have much help, or you just need. Um, more information or better information or suggest something else or whatever. So I, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe that AI would, you know, if, if we were able to use all of like our history and the world's medicine, maybe that would suggest other treatments other, other, other than like, you know, the Western medicine. Hey, are you documenting all that you're going through? Um, uh, I remember the first time you asked me that question and I said, Forbes, I don't have time to document. I'm trying to live it. He's busy living. Take my head above water. But I am I am keeping notes because I'm talking to more people about this who are fascinated by the way I'm responding to this. And, you know, I think it's a service to people to show them another way. It's yes. sort of like, so Josh was going for his last bodybuilding competition at the end of this month. I said the same thing to him. Are you documenting this journey? Because it's hol it's holicious. It's, 
he will probably win. He looks fitter than he's ever looked. It's like, I don't have time to do that. I'm like, well, that's too bad because then it just becomes your journey. But if you could for a second, just separate yourself just a little bit and leave breadcrumbs for other people, because I've never seen anyone. Well, I didn't know anyone with your attitude before the diagnosis. And now I'm more inspired by you than ever. <laughs> and that's just really important because I, we all go through whatever we go through. And there's very few role models to go, hey, can you just show me that there might be another way? I talk about this all the time. When my twins, when I, I was 42, pregnant with two babies, and at one point they said, let's not do an amnio, but a nucotranslucent, which is a, 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 an x-ray. They could see the baby on the bottom was completely healthy. They couldn't see anything on the baby with the, on the top. Turns out she was a girl. She had her legs crossed, my kind of daughter. Um, but they didn't know anything about her. So the nurse comes in and said, well, I have to share this with you. I'm like, what? She's like, well, you have an 82% chance of this and a 40% chance of this. And I think I remember in my hormonal nutness yelling at her to get out of the room. Doctor comes in. He's like, what's the matter? I said, I don't need to be told things that don't exist. I ascribe to a 50-50. She's either healthy or she's not. And either way, I'm keeping both babies, so leave. I don't need anything in my brain that's tampering with what I believe I'm creating. And again, might have turned out different. I can't, I, or am I incredibly lucky? I'm not quite sure. But I think it was the attitude and the way we fed both kids and that the way they became who they are. So I would just be mindful. And it's fun to have a nurse and a doctor talking from two sides of this about how to take care of your own personal health. Yes? decisions that you make. Faye, you are a beautiful role model. I'm going to thank you so much for being on the program. How do we find out more about what you're up to? She does talk about a supplement line that I'm a huge fan of. And if you want to reach out to Faye, I'm wholly supporting her. Where do we go? Um, well, I can be reached. Uh, my website for my elder care consulting is um, elderfrontiers.com. Uh, and then uh, I can be found at Faye Bunnell on Facebook, Natural Health with Faye on Instagram. Um, and I will, you know what, I'm going to include all of these variety of links in our show notes. So anybody listening to this, if you're seeing it on YouTube and you go to Voice America, you can find us in all the notes about the show. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this message. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now, back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey everybody, this is a very special show. You usually don't get to have doctors and nurses and talking about health and all kinds of fun things. Uh, Miss Fabernell, if you want more information on her, I have that on my show notes. And I'm sitting with Dr. Buck Parker. Don't you, you know, you know, I have a doctorate now, right? Yeah, I know. I didn't have to go through the 16 years or cut open people or save lives. I'm just good at business. <laughs> all right. Doesn't that seem kind of cheesy that I get one too? It's like I, I skirted around something. Yeah, it's kind of cheating a little bit, but that's all right. There you go. All right. So you have moved into this whole world of, of business and Buck has a way of touching. He should be called Dr. Buck Gold Parker because whatever he touches seems to turn to gold. Talk to me about Bitcoin and the future of crypto because I'm still at the the starter gate. Yeah, I guess, you know, really uh, you talk about Bitcoin, but really it's the blockchain technology that I think is going to change uh, a lot of uh, the things that we do. Um, so blockchain is just a ledger and it's a secure ledger and, and it's hard to break. It's hard to hack it like it, like ridiculously hard, like nobody can do it. So I think in that case, um, if we start thinking about things that we, um, uh, maybe want to own or trade or, you know, swap or whatever, and there is not a way to hack that, then that's, it, that's valuable. For instance, like um, a house, you know, you have your deed to your house or whatever, um, and you want to sell it, and you don't necessarily have to go through a title company and all this other stuff. You could just swap it on blockchain as like an NFT. Uh, So that's what like an NFT would be. Like NFT is a a non-fungible token, which means it's unique, right? And so every house is unique because it has a unique address. So that's a perfect like application for it. So I, I, and if you think about it in that way, then all of a sudden, like stocks, bonds, uh, every piece of financial instrument could be an NFT in, in a way, or and or be traded on the blockchain with tokens and things like that. Cars. I, why is it I still have a little bit of a hard time conceptualizing what we're talking about? Is that yeah. is that typical, or is it just me? No, it is typical. Yeah. But I think it's just, um, it's a, it's almost like an accounting, uh, software, right. Okay. That, that, that if I have my, um, Excel spreadsheet, I know that nobody can go in and change the numbers on it. Got it. Okay. Are they, can you uh, currently, can you do a house on the blockchain? Is that being done? I, I believe there are some, um, I, I, we, I'm not super into that part, but yeah, I believe the people are doing that. So as I'm watching Bitcoin, because I had the dubious disappointment of having my daughter offer it to me when it was $100 and say, you should really invest in this. And I didn't because yeah. I didn't know what she was talking about. And for those of you listening, when it went to 66000 for that same $100 investment, you're like, man, I should have listened. It's hovering about in the 40s at the moment. It had gone up. It's gone down. 
You have your finger on the pulse of what's going on. What's your prediction? What's your thought about in in particular Bitcoin and in overall crypto? In particular Bitcoin, uh, it has very distinct uh, four-year cycles. And most likely it's going to go up past, you know, the 60 some thousand, maybe past 100 this time. And then it'll probably drop again. But it, it but so um, when it started, it was extremely volatile. And then as as it gets mature, it gets less volatile. Right. And so the big the swings are less and less, but they're still pretty big right now. Right. Like the last mm-hmm. one was like 18 or 14 to like whatever it is now, 40. Um, and before that was like three to 60. So it was big, and big. so you, you were mining that. Can you help the beginner over here going, did you have to put on like a pick and a hat? And go yeah, you know, <laughs> so, you know, cloud computing, like uh, you have your pictures on a cloud or something like that, right? right. It, like that's, it requires a computer somewhere, right? So Amazon or Facebook or whatever, they got these warehouses full of computers and they they store data and they store your pictures, they store your emails or, or your, your documents, whatever. And so uh, mining, we call it mining Bitcoin, but it's really just you're supplying computing power to the Bitcoin network so that all of these transactions, what if I give you one Bitcoin, that's, you know, in the ledger somewhere, but a computer has to hold that. And But also it, it's done in a way that it's secure and you can't go back and change it. And so in, in order to have that, you have this decentralized network of computers that's sort of like... Um, no one computer has all of the data or, or actually all of them have all the data, but no one computer can change it. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Um, <clears throat> so uh, I, I'm looking forward to uh, really hopefully improving, increasing the efficacy and improving the safety in medicine. Mm. I'm glad that you're going back to that. Yeah, it was, it was very disheartening to hear that you were not doing, you know, the profession that you set out to do. Obviously, it's great to have a break, but I love that you're going back to it because I had this little place in my heart that's like the system screwed up when they let this guy go. What are they thinking? <laughs> yeah. we, we need more Buck Parkers in the world. Yeah, yeah. So I and, and this is I've, the last uh, few years have kind of been leading up to this, but it's really been great. I found these great partners, and uh, we're we're essentially just making different uh, artificial intelligence algorithms for medicine. And I think there's, I just believe that there's a lot of waste in medicine and it's cost so much and all this, you know, the cost is so high. Um, The safety could be improved with, with a lot of artificial intelligence. And if we improve the safety, then you're, you'll improve the cost. Well, you know, uh, increase, I, you know, like we, you, you ever go into the hospital? I, I don't know if you've been in the hospital for a couple of days. You'll get labs like every day, you know. And do you do you need to get labs every day, or is it just like a cover your ass thing? If you go ask doctors, how many studies do you order? What percentage of your studies do you order that are a CYA? And they they're probably anywhere from fifty to eighty percent. So if you could cut even half of that out. You're going to save like billions, maybe trillions of dollars. It just seems confusing, I guess, because there's no, you know, the altruistic versus the the the, the we're going to sell pills for things world don't seem and and at the bottom line is a lot of money for everything. Yeah, so it seems a little like hmm, who's really operating the game here? Yeah. And that's, that's uh, yeah, that's sort of one of our our goals is to is to sort that out. Like 
okay, you guys are making a lot of money on these pills. Is this, are you really helping people? Interesting. And so that is really interesting. What, um, I was going to say something to you about, oh, well, so another interesting kind of crazy thing that happened is I recently went to go get some insurance and they went through, I guess, this master medical record, even though you, they ask you to fill out everything, I guess they double check. And I gone for something for a heart scan and the doctor prescribed a drug to lower my heart rate. And the next thing you know, I get a report going, no, it shows that you have heart disease and you've been prescribed this drug. And I'm like, well, no, that's not true. It was a one-time pill for, I mean, I went back and forth over and over again, apparently, and I'm going to just tell people, be careful what you tell your doctor because it will come back to hurt you. Yeah, can. Yeah, insurance companies. And this is one of the things I really had a difficult time with too in medicine. Um, I, I practice both as an independent business and as an employee. And when you're an independent business, it's really scary to see how much control and power the insurance companies have over everything. Um, and they, you know, they're not fair. They will lie, cheat and steal uh, in order to get what they want. And um, it's really, it's even difficult for me to understand how they run things. And I've been in the system for like 20 years. And mm. so for regular people that, you know, all of a sudden you have to deal with healthcare and insurance and things like that. It's like super scary. Um, and so that those are other things that we want to target. You know, if 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 we can decrease the cost of healthcare overall, you know, by trillions of dollars with all this technology, then maybe the U.S. can have like universal healthcare, or at least pay for most of the people that can't afford it. And then you you know maybe you have an, another uh, type of. Uh, tier or something like that. I we, I don't really know, but but at well, least you, may, you mentioned other countries. Have you have you practiced or been around other countries and looked at their healthcare? I've I've been well. I've done some medical mission missions. Um, I've done you know I've been to Canada and I can't say I know the healthcare system really well. I I certainly have friends there, practice there, stuff like that. There's good and bad for for everybody. I think. Um, you know, I think in the U.S., if you have money, it's great. If you don't, then it's tough. It can be tough. I think, um, you know, in, in Canada, it's, you may be, you may not be getting a procedure because of your age, uh, or because of the type of procedure, you may have to wait six months, nine months, 12 months. Whereas here you get that procedure, um, you know, in a couple of weeks or something like that. So there's plus and minuses for both. Do you see AI doctors? Can you see that as a future? Like when you, go I, and you tell your doctor. I, yeah, I think that um, I hope it would be augment augmentation, and so uh, you, you would have a doctor, but they would have help uh, with AI information, and to to make sure that that physician, you know, we're human and we can only get so much information in our brain. And well, no, wait, wait, that, but that's an interesting point. If you're not human and you've got all the medical information that's ever been accessible to anybody at your fingertips, I mean, I'm watching how fast chat can write a story for me yeah. in any language I want. Yeah. That might be more efficient to see an AI doctor. Well, I think that that's, um, and that's why I say augmentation because those two together, the human doctor and AI together, I think is a good combination. I don't think AI by itself is good because you could, you could, you know, ask AI a lot of stuff and it's incorrect, right? Like chat GPT, it can be, it, it could be incorrect. You could do it, ask it to do math problems and it's incorrect. So, um, 
not not that it would be incorrect in the future, but I think that it for us to have a human physician to understand the human condition and to talk about those things like, okay, well, you have six months to live. We have these treatments, but you know, that's not your only options. What do you want to do? How do you want to live your life? What kind of quality do you want? Um, who do you want to see? Things like that. It's probably AI is not going to be able to sort of sort that out with a, you know, by itself. So close, because we're going to come to the end of this real quick. So my dear friend, Faye got a message that said, you've got X amount of weeks to live. Uh, she's brave enough to come on the show. And I love that she's outlived what they said, which has been great. Somebody says that to you. What do you do with that information? Um, you know, I because I'm in the system I, and I know certain things and I know certain people, I, I take it to who I know and who I think is the best and get their opinion. And I've done this before, actually, you know, broke my heel. And I went to one doctor and he was like, oh, de- definitely need a surgery. You know, I'm, I'm the best guy there is, blah, blah. And I sent that scan over to eight more Eight more orthopedic surgeons, they all said, oh, man, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Like, that's a rough surgery. I'm not sure you're going to get a lot out of it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and that's sort of how I treat everything. Um, I don't necessarily go um, uh, by one person's uh, recommendation and try and sort out who I trust, who I like, uh, who. But let's who, just, well, let's who assume that like, it's, well, I got two minutes, though. Let's yeah. assume that it's real because I got one minute. But Buck Parker knows he's got four weeks to live. What are you going to do? There's no way around it. That's it. Four weeks, you're out of here. Oh, I, I see. I, I mean, yeah, I, you just surround yourself with your family and friends and try to enjoy the, the time you have. That's it. You know, and you try to, to I think almost four weeks would be like a little bit um, uh, relieving because it's not very long. And you just say, okay, what do I want to do? I'm going to Disneyland. I'm going to go to the Swiss Alps. I'm going to, you know, like, who's going with me? Let's have a good time. That's it. Can I come? I come visit. I come visit you. <laughs> well, I'm coming to visit you. All right, you guys, okay. We are. We're gonna head off to Salt Lake City to say hi to Buck. I'm gonna be there next week, uh, and then he's gonna be gone for Super Bowl. But I'm excited because I have fun news. Joshua, my my hubby, is Arnold Schwarzenegger's body double, the younger Arnold, in the new State Farm commercial that's happening on the Super Bowl. So we're gonna be celebrating. I don't really care who wins. 49ers, Kansas City. Who are you voting for? Who do you think is going to win? Uh, I've always been a 49ers fan. So, yeah, we're back, oh, baby. I'll take that bet because Mahomes seems yeah, to be good. the guy. All right. All right, you. Duck Buck, I love you. Thank you so much for popping in. And I hope to see you in person. You guys watching the show, share this out. If you've got somebody who's dealing in the medical systems, got questions or confusions, Duck is available on <laughs> Buck's available on social media. And if you reach out to Faye and give her some love, we'd all appreciate that. Till I see you guys next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.